0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Drew Hennessy Let's Talk podcast. On this week's episode, I was joined by Steve Garrigan, the lead singer of CodeLine. I've known Steve for the past eight years. Steve has been a client of mine and has now become a great friend. So I was delighted to have him on. In this episode, we talked about what it's like being the lead singer of CodeLine, how we write songs, and dealing with panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. Enjoy the episode, guys.
1: Steve, how are you? Very, very well. Cheers for having me on. It's Thank you for here. coming on.
0: Um, we had, remember, we had planned to have you on last week, but you got sick. No, me, was it was two weeks ago? No, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks, no, weeks no, ago. No, no, last week you got sick two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I stood outside with a woolly cap on, <laughs> dressed all in black in the sun. In 26 and, degree heat. <laughs> yeah, and my pasty Irish skin, um, it doesn't help either, and I ended up with sunstroke. And I was out for a week and a half. Yeah, you two were. Weeks. Yeah. It was a disaster.
0: So I've I've seen Steve on, on the computer for the last probably 10, 11 weeks. Uh, we've been training on Zoom. So it's a, it's actually good to it's good to see in person today. Yeah, it's yeah. kinda strange, it's really, you know. Yeah.
1: Doing the little elbow pump on the <laughs> yeah, way in as great. well. It's great, yeah. I keep thinking, you know, instinctively just going to shake your hand and then know, Oh, oh, yeah. don't do that, you know, do the be, elbow pump.
0: Could be a while until we're till we're shaking hands, but sure. At least you're here. Yeah, no, it's, good to, see you. it's um, good to see you. So you've obviously been in the same situation as us. You've been completely, completely locked down, yeah? You haven't really done anything much?
1: I haven't really been doing much. You know, the strange thing is myself and my band are gearing up to release our fourth album. That's out next week. And mm. we had so many plans and we had so much promo involved, like interviews and, you know, different TV shows. And we're going to do little tours around Europe and America and suddenly the lockdown happened and the whole thing was just God. put on pause and it's quite bizarre cuz we've kind of been touring and I've been on the road nonstop stop for the last 7 years so mm. it it's like the norm for me yeah. so to just kind of have the whole my whole world be paused has been quite bizarre but yeah so far so good i'm still i'm it still c- here <laughs>
0: yeah you're still alive it can possible. be yeah. Uh, you know i think i think we spoke about this um during a training session, that I obviously not to anything to, to the extent of yourselves, but I would never normally be at home. I'd always be gone out of the house at six a.m. and might get home at seven p.m. or eight p.m. And as soon as this has happened, it's like I've never spent as much time at home. And it's obviously you, obviously that's only a small extent to yourself, but it's uh, it's and I don't have to say this because it's not been enjoyable for a lot of people but I've enjoyed it to a certain extent because spending time with my girlfriend and my dog um, and being able to do stuff at home and, you know, I've gotten stuff done that I've I've had on on the log finger. I've read three books. I'm into book number four. Um, I've started this podcast. I have mm -hmm. listened to podcasts and I've, you know, and it's stuff that I don't like to say I couldn't or I'd never, but I would have found all them three things extremely hard to do and you obviously being the same you obviously got a lot of time on the tour bus and stuff to like read and you know listen to podcasts and stuff but being at home obviously is a huge thing for you right
1: yeah it's quite strange like I read a lot on tour and then mm-hmm. when I come home I don't read
0: yeah or read, listen to podcasts but,
1: well, yeah, no, no I do. <laughs> Steve listen. only
0: listened to my podcast today. Yeah, day well, <laughs> he was asking me for six weeks
1: to listen to the first episode, and he
0: only listened because he was coming on today. He needed to do his homework. It's it was
1: fantastic. <laughs> Thank sure. you,
0: sir. Thank <laughs> you, sir. Uh, we'll speak a, li- a little bit about it, but go on, Um yeah. It,
1: it, look, everybody's in the same boat, really. It's kind of like you know, pe- most people have, or you know, lost jobs, which mm. is horrible, Horrendous, you know. And yeah, hopefully, yeah. they come back and they can get back in or get new jobs, you know. But um, it's it's a very strange one. But as you said, like, all the stuff that you've done, you know, starting a podcast, yeah. you're reading more, I suppose it is a chance to kind of take up a new hobby, you know, yeah. learn a new skill, or do something that you've kind of always wanted to do, obviously, in your house. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't go climb a mountain. Yeah, is that in yeah. your five kilometers? Yeah, is that yeah, in your 20 yeah. kilometers?
0: Have you, Um, like, are we going to get some good songs out of this from you? Have you gotten your head down and put some songs out about this or? It's really strange.
1: Like not much has changed for me Mm. from a creative point of view. Like I kind of, I write and sometimes when I sit down at a piano, I'll just get an urge to do it. And I'll sit down and I'll write and it could be amazing and Mm. I'll be really happy with it. And I'll be really proud of it. Other times I'll sit down and I'll get halfway through a song and I'll just decide that it's the worst thing that has ever happened. Like, mm. it's the worst yeah. song ever, so I'll just ignore it. So it's really kind of hit or miss. And with the whole lockdown, I am spending a lot of time writing, but it's still the same. Some, yeah. some things are better than others, and it's kind of trial and error, you mm. know? Like, for every ten songs, one song is... Yeah, is decent. ...is really good, yeah, or stands up, you know, to the, mm. to the rest of our songs. So, um, yeah, it hasn't really... Hasn't changed. It hasn't like, changed. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've one or two songs that I think are really yeah. cool. Yeah, but because
0: well, I'd yeah. say definitely in in times to come, I'd say if, if there's a song about lockdown, even the song that came out a couple of weeks ago, Saving Grace, you did a, an amazing, an amazing video of you got your fans all over all over the world to send you little clips. But even I know the song obviously wasn't about lockdown because that was a, that was obviously written what last year, this year.
1: Yeah, well, what I found, like, I was asked this question, like, about Saving Grace. Yeah. Like, a couple of interviews I've been doing for the album and stuff. Um, a lot of the interviewers are asking, was Saving Grace written for The Lockdown? Was it written during it? Because it's very, you know... Steve kind can of, predict the future. <laughs> 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 He's in <No>. the know. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Oh, be um, but, yeah, it, it kind of... It wasn't planned. The song was written last November. But what I have found and like looking back and it was never intentional is that a lot of our songs are all about positivity and and overcoming and staying strong. Like Mm. even it started out with High Hopes on our first album. It's a song that came from a very dark place. But it's still about, you know, staying positive, pushing through, you know. And Saving Grace is the same kind of thing. It's about staying positive, staying strong and being there for each other as well. Brother is another song, Head Held High. They're all about follow your fire. It's like follow your own instincts, you know, and believe in yourself. So we we never plan to write songs like that, but that's just what comes out. And for me, that's what just comes out. So Saving Grace is about that. And that whole mentality does lend itself to the... To, the, to courage, the current situation, yeah. The yeah so, video um, was incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah, it worked out really well. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I couldn't get over it. We, we got, got a guy. Way. We got a guy called Stevie Russell. He's a guy from Dublin. Incredible video director, and he's done a lot of our videos before. He did a video first, a song of ours called "All I Want" and "High Hopes," and Class. yeah, he and brother. He does amazing stories. But obviously, because of the lockdown, we couldn't do a video, you know, so we had to think outside the box. And we came up with the idea of asking people around the world to submit videos of themselves in their houses. And that was it. And we got a, cu- a couple of thousands videos from fans around the world. And then sent How them- did you pick? St- <laughs> Stevie. Stevie, <laughs> Stevie Russell, yeah. He's, just, he's a genius, man. Like, I mean, some of the footage we got was beautiful. Actually... One of my best friends, um, he lives in Betty's Town. Oh, yeah. He had a kid during the lockdown and his parents haven't been able to see the kid and all. And yeah, I've heard that. He sent me Did a video it? of Teddy is her name. And uh, that's in the video. So for oh, him, that's... he's like over the moon. He's like, oh, that's amazing. You know, in 10 years, 20 years time, like, oh, well, during this bizarre lockdown thing that was going when on. When you were born when you, there you were born. You go, there you're you're, you're in, are. in this video. Yeah. But um yeah, Steve, Steve did a great job with the did video. Did you
0: say that he was the guy who did the All I Want video?
1: He did All I Want. He actually played the monster as well.
0: Re I I yeah. think you told me that before or Colin or Vinny told me something about that guy before. That's that's creative to be able to create that kind of because that video is yeah, that must be the biggest video. I think, I think I I nearly cried at that video. I think most people that I know nearly cried towards the end of that video.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly amazing. emotional. Like, he um, he came up with the whole idea himself. We did that on a shoestring budget as well. Yeah, that's yeah. why we hadn't really released it. Our friends are the office workers in Colin the Colin was in it, wasn't he? Colin's in Collins, the office, yeah. yeah. That's our drummer's brother. brother. yeah,
0: Finnish brother, yeah. Yeah. Hi, Colin. Hey. You better, <laughs> you better be listening. <laughs> um. Wow, that's so... So he just got... So how do people... Because. Uh, I remember thinking, how do people send them in? Did they email them into this guy or did they Facebook them or how did they get all the videos in?
1: They emailed them all. We set up an email. They emailed them all to us wow. uh, specifically for us and mm. then sent them on to Stevie. And he just created it. That's yeah. genius. That is genius. Yeah. And, it, and it runs really well together. I didn't expect much, you know. Like, I love the song and I think it's a powerful song, mm. but I didn't expect. Much with the video, but yeah. I sat down. I got the first edit through, and I sat down on the couch with my girlfriend, and the two of us were just watching it. And like ten seconds in, I was bawling my ass. <laughs> yeah, I can and, imagine. And she was too. We we're both just looking at each other, going, "I'm not crying. You're crying." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you in my eyes. Yeah, I'm just, got, in I'm my just going to the bathroom. Yeah. But yeah, I'm
0: sure that's a, you know, I'm sure that's incredible. That l- if you're looking at the song that you wrote, what seven months, six months prior, and then to attach it. To the craziness of the videos coming in that must be <laughs> yes it's, outrageous it's a strange one but mm. but again
1: look a lot of fans and stuff around the world have like commented saying that the song has helped them in in one way or another which makes everything that we do and i do mm. uh worthwhile you know it just kind of encourages us to keep going keep writing and keep doing videos you know so yeah
0: I, a lot of your songs and um, we spoke about it before we Came on air that a lot of your songs, people can relate to, and some people would listen to music and they would just hear songs and they would just hear all the lyrics and they wouldn't even think about it. But there's a lot of people, and maybe number one that most of your songs I listen to obviously because I know you so well. But a lot of the a lot of the songs and a lot of the lyrics mean I'm I'm listening to them going. I know exactly, exactly what he's talking about. So if someone can resonate with them lyrics and if they help people, that's amazing. Like I started this podcast to try to help people to obviously speak about my own story and get other people's stories out there to try to help people. But on a much, much, much bigger scale, you're writing songs and you must know that these lyrics, because they're listening to you, are helping people.
1: Yeah, well we get we do get fans even after shows and stuff like coming up and particularly all I want it's like our biggest song you yeah. know the the kind of ironic thing is that that was written about a breakup you know yeah. uh, at the time I was like 20 and at the time, it really did feel like my world ended. But mm. now I'm looking back, I'm like, what an oh, idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What but you hell? got a good song, Elvin. Yeah, but there's bigger <laughs> problems in the world yeah. than that, you know. But the way I sang it and the way I, it was written and mm. the lyrics, you know, it was like someone had died, you know. Yeah. And um, that song has kind of grown legs and gone all around the world. And people have come up and said, look, it was played a funeral, you know, but then somebody else might come up and say it was played at a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like, uh,
0: it could be. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. The
1: power of music, you know, I mean, I like to think that when I write a song about a certain thing that people will understand it. Mm. But for the most part, lyrics are, you know, they can mean one thing to one person and another thing to another. Yeah, so, perception of everything, um, yeah. but if it makes people feel something and helps them in some way or another, um, that's that's amazing. Yeah. It makes yeah. it makes it all worthwhile. And
0: the other song as well that I know, and I think you, I think you had to change one of our PT sessions on Zoom a couple of weeks ago because you said I'm doing, a wedding, and I was like, you're doing a wedding, um, on the one that must be used. at. that's the now. That's probably the you. Know, what was the song? Was it Ed Sheeran's song? Thinking, was it? Out, loud. Thinking out Loud. That's yeah. amazing. So, um, but I think probably your song now has probably been played at so many different weddings but didn't you play it at a wedding a few weeks ago
1: yeah for the for the nhs yeah there was yeah Two a nurse and uh two actually i think it was a nurse and a doctor or two nhs mm. work, workers and they were working overtime obviously and they couldn't have a wedding because of the whole lockdown so a radio station in the uk decided to surprise them with an online <laughs> zoom wedding and that, that
0: has to be first it, it, a, there has to be a
1: first a Zoom wedding. It was brilliant. Bi- it was bizarre, but it was great. Like, <laughs> mm. you know, they had all their friends. They had speeches, you know, best man speeches and their family and, you know, and then they did a, a first dance and they had chosen the one, um, one of our songs. Mm. So I surprised them just appearing on the screen when they were doing their dance. It was really strange. I was sitting at home, you know, <laughs> and they're in, you know, fully like a wedding yeah, a yeah. wedding dress and, you know, and everybody kind of clapping. In little boxes on the screen. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> it was bizarre, but they, over it, they yeah. were over the moon. So it was it was great to do, you know. Yeah,
0: deadly. Um, okay, so we we've kind of jumped straight into stuff now, but I just want to kind of go back to. Obviously, I know you since twenty twelve when you start training with me in Donna Bay, and I was kind of at the time we were you were just starting to grow legs and get big and. Um, I just is this
1: from working out? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you got big as I well. I don't have any muscle <laughs> <on> me. <laughs> yes, you do. Steve <laughs> is huge, a- <laughs> by the way. <laughs> no, um, well, you, I remember you came to me at first, and you know you were skin and bone back then. But yeah, you know I was, and yeah. you didn't really eat, eat or train or anything. But yes, but things have things have certainly changed now. But I remember, and I, I was speaking to Dan before the podcast. I was trying to remember. The you came in one day and you were just like every day I was like, what's happening today with the band? Because it was just growing and growing and growing. And um there was a story, I probably got this a little bit wrong. Um Gary did Gary Barlow tweet the song or did he play the song?
1: That was one of the first things that happened. We yeah. re- we released All I Want, the vid and the mm. video. And I think Fern Cotton on Radio One, did yes. you see she like started playing it on the radio and then all of a sudden gary barlow tweeted and said this is absolutely amazing what a great song something along those lines yeah and then yeah gary from snow patrol as well like saying yeah. amazing song and it just kind of every day was something like mind-blowing yeah, yeah. you know because yeah. we were actually rehearsing in a school down in applewood it's gone now yeah you know, it was prefabs you oh then? yeah 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 i think it's been demolished uh but uh yeah, we were just there every weekend and through the week rehearsing as a band and then we put out this song and all of a sudden it just we started well. getting stuff like that happening, yeah. you know?
0: I remember every day you were coming you were I think you were training me four or five days a week and it was like every day going, who's been on today? And you're like, oh, this crowd have been on or, you know, <laughs> you know we've been asked to do this. And it was just, it was amazing to look back now to see how you've gone from there to like... In like, did you get biggest selling selling album in twenty thirteen? Uh yeah yeah yeah. Well, we that was only like a year or two after then. So that was your first album had gone.
1: The first album came out in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. So that well. was like around the time I started training with you. It was mm. like we hadn't released anything. No, and yeah, then we nothing. We released the EP and then stuff started happening. Yeah. And we got signed to a major uh, record label and and started touring and stuff. It was. Being thrown into this new world. Obviously, we were all like, you know, deer in headlights, going, "What yeah. the hell is going on? This is amazing!" And doing festivals, yeah, like walking around. And I remember Vinnie met Josh Holmes, you know, uh, and he's like one of his idols, mm. and he was just like a little girl, little, you know, fan, <laughs> fan girl, boy. you know. But yeah, it was every day was something incredible, you know.
0: Yeah, I uh, from remember it. Yeah, it was. Uh it was gone and then just obviously, then it's gone from, what was that seven years ago? So yeah, seven yeah. years ago. Yeah.
1: I don't and, know where those years have yeah, gone, it's yeah.
0: yeah, Um and it's 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 kind of grown and grown and grown, and obviously now you're bringing out album four.
1: Even to say that is is yeah. bizarre album for four. me, you know. It's it's pretty cool, you know, because a lot of bands don't have. Bands come and go, yeah, you know, It's the yeah. nature of the industry, you know. So to be on our fourth album is uh, is a great achievement. Yeah. So you know, and we're in a good place as a band, which is great. Yeah. And there's
0: obviously speaking, obviously speaking to you about the songs and about the about the album. But you were saying something that you've done a lot of this album album yourselves. You've kind of produced stuff, and you've yeah, yeah you've kind of gone back to basics. You were nearly saying,
1: well, our last album for the you we started off doing it ourselves yeah. we'd have a producer come in like one guy um we were lucky enough to have a guy called Stephen Harris who's an unbelievable producer from the UK and he's become a really good friend of the band now um but other than that we it was usually just the four of us in a room and for our first and second album that's kind of what we stuck to and then on our third album we had this opportunity to work with like Everybody and anybody like go to LA and work with producers, songwriters, all mm. this stuff. And we figured, look, why not? We've never done it. And that's kind of how the music industry works nowadays. If yeah. you look at a song, you'll usually see like six or seven writers on the credits. You right, know? okay. And that's most songs, you know? And that world to us was very strange. But we did that whole thing for the last album. There's worked with loads of producers, loads of different songwriters, and we learned a lot. But we wanted to go back to where we kind of came from mm. on this record. And we went to Donna Bate and we have a little setup. Similar, yeah. similar to this, like a room like this. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah. And, I've, I've uh, seen photos of it all right, yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, the place, the room where we recorded is similar enough to this. But um, yeah, we just kind of spent the year, all last year, if we weren't on the road touring, we'd head back to our little studio in Donna Bate. And yeah, that's that's where we did so the whole local. Album. It's yeah.
0: like obviously you're from Swords and Donna Bates five minutes down the road and you're and yeah. you're recording this album that's probably gonna go, you know, global, already has gone global, obviously, which is which is I think that's an even better story because as you said, you could have been in LA recording this and other people doing stuff, but it's you know, it's four lads from the area down the road in a studio and the first three songs are off of there. Outrageous, you know what I mean? Sometimes saving grace and wherever you were, wherever you were. The first one, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but yeah, I mean, it, it's it was a great experience for us, you know. And at the start, it was fairly scary, because we had never produced before, yeah. you know, and our bass player Jay, like in the past, like what he joined the band when we had the first album done, so. Like, okay and in a lot of the songwriting processes and stuff like that he wouldn't really be involved he played mm. the bass you know yeah but on this record he like he was leading the production and oh, wow. I, I saw a side of him i've never seen before and he's like incredibly talented wow Okay. Um, I didn't know that. That's so brilliant. if he does listen to this yeah i hope he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> because it'd be like remember you said that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you, so oh, I'm incredibly talented. Yeah. you said it. Um, <laughs> I'm no. going to send this to Jay privately.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Scroll forward to about 22 minutes. It was it was a great
1: experience <laughs> yeah. making it, and we're all very proud of it. So
0: yeah, we yeah. should be. Yeah. And it's out next Friday.
1: Yeah, which is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, during the whole lockdown, but yeah, fans have that's, have reacted well to the songs. I think
0: so. I said to you, and I obviously would include in this podcast. Well, I think. If there was ever a time I was gonna do, I think people have more time. I think I said to you about your songs and stuff. People have more time to to either, you know, sit down and listen to stuff. So you know, obviously the sound or the SoundCloud, the um Spotify downloads obviously going to be more because people are going to be listening to them and so on and Streams, so forth. Yeah, 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 you know. So you know, it's obviously a good time for that. But um, the sometimes the song um I and I. Just, to you about it before and um the that's probably like the one of the biggest songs that can resonate with me and I've got the words up here because I'm not that much of a of a fan that I've <laughs> learned the words so I've got them up here but um one of the uh one of the one of the verses if that's what you want to call them um all of my friends don't understand maybe I'm crazy maybe I'm blind Maybe we all get lost sometimes. Um, sometimes, and I think it, there was another part about it that and um, that the band don't care, and obviously the obviously the band do care. But you know what hit home with me, and maybe it's different. But when I was going through a bad stage, nobody knew. Girlfriend, friends, family, colleagues, and work. I'd show up, and I'd be, I, I'd be on because it had to be. That was my job, but you know, and my clients didn't know, not saying that, that they didn't care, but they were there for me to do exactly what I was meant to do with them. And it was, it made a big kind of a, you know, it really, really hit home that some of them lyrics were like, right, just because you're you're a singer in a band, you have to show up. You, the, the not saying that the band don't care, of course you do, or the fans, they don't care if you're having a bad day or they don't care if you're down in the dumps. But you've got to show up and be, obviously, on point all the time. And that just hit home with me. And I was like, right, because I did it for years and years. I could have had the worst days. I could have been driving to work going, how am I going to do this? And as soon as I walked in the door, I'd flick that switch. And yeah. that, for years, broke me down because I had, to, I felt like I had to, you know, I was not saying I was, I was playing a character, but I, I had to be switched on all the time. And obviously someone like yourself, and again, I don't like to compare us because you're on a much bigger scale, but you've got to go in and you're the front man and you've got to sing, you've got to be in front of 10, 15,000 people and perform. So yeah, that song was, that song just kind of hit, and I'll go through it some more of it now, but, you know, is it is it hard to, Every day, or every time you're on a gig, and you know, you could be feeling a little bit crappy to show up. Yeah, I,
1: I don't like everything you just said right there completely, I completely relate to it. And yeah. that, that kind of is where the song is coming from. Mm. But particularly if you have like any experience with anxiety or depression, um, even getting out of bed sometimes is it's hard, tough, yeah, you know, yeah. so getting
0: your head off the pillow.
1: So yeah, so like I mean, I've had moments like that. There's uh, looking back now. There's some tours, especially at the beginning for us, and I'm going, how the hell did I do that? But it must have just been adrenaline, you know. Yeah, must. I remember there was there was a point we had come in from Japan. We were playing a show in Brighton, and I was exhausted physically and mentally, jet lagged, hadn't really slept. Um, I think I was out the night before as well, which wasn't the (laughs) best idea. You know, there's a lot of that going on (laughs) at the start and. Like I was weak, I had pins and needles all over my body and I was walking on stage and I just thought to myself, how the hell am I going to do this? Wow. And like, I was like, I physically can't do this. So I turned to my tour manager. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he's just like, go on, go on. He always had a way to make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> go on, um, go on, go on. But yeah, I walked on stage and then I, I felt like I was going to collapse the whole time, but I got through it and sang. And I looked back at that performance and I was like...
0: That's wow. One of the best performances really? that I've ever done, yeah. But obviously, well, adrenaline must just. Like, yeah, take
1: adrenaline over. took over. But, like, that was at the start, you know, for touring, particularly the tour. I wrote the song sometimes mm. on an Asian tour. And I had one of those days where, for me, anxiety kind of just took hold, you know. And mm. anxiety is different for a lot, for everybody, you know. But for me, um I get a lot of symptoms like shaky hands and blurred vision and just kind of I need to lie down really. Yeah. But it's it's in my nature to kind of push through mm-hmm. and just keep going and whatever, you know. But uh that day is even talking about this is making me feel I can feel yeah. the anxiety building up, but um yeah, it's it's it was tough on yeah. that tour and then it it all like after a couple of days i got to this day and i just kind of was like oh my god this is awful but i sat down and wrote sometimes as a way to kind of help myself you know with yeah. hoping that it might help somebody else as well yeah. um like issues with mental health don't discriminate and they're just they affect people in all walks of life a lot of people might look at me and be like Oh what what is he complaining about he's you know, the front man in a international band, you know, he's successful and touring the world, yeah. living the dream. But well, that's not how it works, it, you know. It, it can it can affect everybody, you know, and, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's important to talk yeah. about it. I uh, think I totally just went off on a tangent there. What it, was your question? <laughs> it was, uh, no, it wasn't your
0: question. We, we were talking about the song sometimes and yeah. how I could resonate with it. And that's, that's how I thought that you wrote that song that, not again to say not that the band didn't care, but they didn't know, you know. And yeah, well, you they, know, yeah, it's put on a face, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, there you go.
1: And kind of, well, they, they did know, but if I, I think if you don't experience anxiety or depression for yourself, you you can never fully know. No, no, you know, you can. They were there for me, you know, and yeah. happy and all, and like I had played an amazing show. That's where that lyric came from. It was in Jakarta. Yeah. Um, after, on the Asian tour, is like I break down and I lose control. The band don't care because they had a good, good show. show yeah. I won't cry because I'm lucky. I know that's me just saying I'm lucky. Why the hell do I feel like this? And the band don't care because they did have a good show. Yeah. But I can't. It's I just because I didn't have a good show and I'm going through anxiety. Mm. I can't <clears throat> pull them down and say, "Here, look, I'm having a really bad time." No, they. I have yeah. to let them be. You know. Yeah celebrate or whatever yeah. you know so it's just me talking to myself about anxiety <laughs> but it's like
0: you know it's uh, like look I've been there and you know I'm 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 not a songwriter uh, but I think I do some things you know they are not songs they'd be horrendous songs but I journal so I write down every single night how my day's been if I'm grateful for things that day have I been stressed stuff like that and it's probably something similar, and again, I don't like to compare us, but it's probably something similar to you writing a song. You're getting stuff out of your head, and I'm getting the stuff out of my head because, and I've only learned to do it. Obviously, you're writing songs for what, twenty years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tw- right.
1: Twenty-two years. Wow. Okay. 20, so. Yeah, a long time. So you well, I, mean, songs mo- when you're when I wouldn't actually. <laughs> The first ten years are, i wouldn't even call songs—awful, songs. <laughs> yeah. <You're> <laughs> yeah. No. But, uh, I, you were journaling, yeah. But you I brought because ju- I know journaling is like known to help, you know, in mm, so many ways, particularly for mental health. I've brought a journal on tour for the past five years, and it has like a lock on it. <laughs> Like and open and open. yeah <laughs> I still haven't open <laughs> yeah I haven't got the
0: keys deep yeah I've got the key got the key I lost the key
1: on day one no, I, um, I yeah. do a lot I do the odd thing in my notes on my phone yeah you know yeah. write down points I think for anxiety and stuff like that for me anyway and mm-hmm. um, sometimes when I feel a little bit overwhelmed I try and break down everything that I need to do and just kind of put it in points yeah. and then over the next few days kind of tick them off you know I think day it kind day. of it works for me yeah. to kind of calm me down. <laughs> yeah.
0: just there, like, look, I'm only, I'm only learning this kind of stuff, but I've, um, I've learned from, of different podcasts and different books and stuff. And that journaling for me, and uh, I speak about things that I do every day to protect and to help my mental health. But, um, one of the things is journaling because you can exercise, you can walk, you can eat well, you can read and you can listen. But, you're not for me. I'm not getting stuff out of here, and I can't see it. I like to see it. again. I tried it on my phone as well, but I'm still on the I'm still on the phone. But if you're literally, and I've got the journal that has little sections in it, things that you're grateful for today, and um, oh, that's cool. Things that that stressed you out today, things that distracted you today. So you're literally, you're not trying to come up with the topics. They're there. Then when I write them down, some days I'm looking at them going, you know, there's nothing to be stressed about, but my anxiety and my stress could be through the roof about certain things coming up. Like, um, for example, for this week, we're opening up the outside of our gym to start training clients again. And I've been used for the last three months nearly of training people online and having that... N- probably not having to think about the gym as much. But then the last couple of days, because we've had to get all this stuff done for outdoor training and keeping people safe and stuff, it's had me up to 90. And I'm literally writing it down going, but, you know, it's just because it's something different. But I wrote it down the other day and I was like, okay, the biggest things about opening up our gym outside are going to be X, Y, and Z. Is there going to be... Is there going to be any problems? Yes, these problems could happen and these are the things that I'll do if these problems come up. So I've literally solved any problems that would cause me anxiety and stress already. And going to um, going to my therapist for years, she always said, you need to act out the movie. That if you're starting something or you're going into something that, try to think about exactly what's going to happen because for me... I build everything up in my head and I get so anxious about stuff and, I'm, and then as soon as it happens, I'm like, what the fuck was <laughs> I, I that, yeah, so. what was I thinking? Like why? Yeah. And it's hard to explain, but doing something like that and obviously instead of just thinking about it in my mind, putting it down on paper for me is, but you know, it's it's game changing. It is really game changing. So Open that journal. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> try and find the key. I'll find the key. Hack it open. <laughs> hack it open. But there was a, another part um, of that song, um, and every night when I'm alone, I put another podcast on, and it helps me slip away. Keeps me learning every day. Reading books on meditation fights away the hesitations hanging over me, easing the anxiety. Jeez, that's that was cool, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Fair play. I, I could sing that. Well, I couldn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the first thing that because I've never kind of heard the I've never heard probably the lyric of a podcast in a song. And as soon as I heard that, and I was like, "He's putting on a podcast." Okay, it helps him slip away and easing the anxiety. But that was that was as soon as I heard that, I was like, I had like a, a goosebumps and lump in my throat, and I, was, I think I actually. Texture that day, gone. That song's sometimes incredible, and I put it up on my Facebook saying, "Guys, this song is incredible. If anyone's struggling, please, 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 please listen." But what was the main kind of reason for writing about the podcast and stuff? Do they help?
1: Um, yeah, they do help. Mm. I have like I remember I discovered a podcast called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Mm, I've seen a few of them. it's one, I think it's uh it's on all the streaming platforms, platforms or whatever. But, uh yeah, I stumbled across that and that helped a hell of a lot. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's so many resources, you know, in yeah. the form just podcasts out there for everything and anything. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'll so yeah. just put on, like, Joe Rogan's great, you know. Yeah, we spoke about it, Yeah. Like, I like him just to kind of put on and fall asleep to. Yeah. You know, other times if I'm in the gym, if I'm training on, on my own, I'll put on something, you know. To, yeah, just yeah. to kind of, switch off. I love them, you know. Yeah, but particularly it, like even before Cam and Headspace came around, I listened to the Cam Cam podcast, I think it was. Okay. And it was just like ambient music yeah, and, okay, and, so and no guided meditations and stuff like that, you know. Um, um but yeah they do, so they do like, help a lot, yeah.
0: Um I listen to them as well again I've said this numerous times and we all spend so much time in our little heads and if we're just thinking about if you're thinking about the band and songs and stuff, and I'm thinking about the job and this, and we're getting, excuse me, we're getting stress and stress and stress. I find that hour of a podcast, if you're interested in it, you're not even thinking about the job. You're not even thinking about the things that are going to stress you. And I said it before that I like to listen to podcasts that will take me away from. Everything, but I still listen to at least 20 minutes, half an hour of something every day that's going to educate me. Yeah, well, um, that's,
1: I do the same. Man. Did you
0: was it in one of your lyrics? That you, yeah, that it was. You, no, it was learning something every learning day,
1: learning something every day. Yeah, it keeps me learning, keeps every me learning.
0: Yeah, keeps, yeah, it helps yeah. me slip away. Keeps, yeah. So that's as soon as I heard them, I was like, Right, I listen to ones that help me slip away, something like a Joe Rogan or something that I don't have to like switch on and go, okay, I've got to listen to this. It'll just be in the background. Then there's other ones that I've got anything to do with, obviously mental health, fitness, health, and that I know that in a half an hour's time, I'm going to, even if it's one little gem of better knowledge, I will remember that. So that I'll know something today that I didn't know yesterday, that's going to obviously help me. But I find, and I don't know if you do, I find learning something every day is empowering, like empowering. Like if you were to learn something, you know, uh, on the guitar today or the piano that you didn't know how to do yesterday, that, you know, that, for me, that just drives home positivity that you're like, right, oh, well, I'm not saying you're a better person than yesterday, but you're, you, you know, you're, you, you know something that you didn't know yesterday.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, I suppose, yeah, you're kind of working on yourself, you know, yeah, and improving yeah. and then trying yeah. to improve and be a better person, you know. But um it's yeah, but it's,
0: it's that's ex- and you know, I think if anyone has been in a in a dark hole and I spoke to Guy O'Quinn, you've got to listen to that podcast. Listen to he's that. A today. Great guy. It is incredible. Um and we spoke about on the podcast last week that when you're down in that horrible, horrible place. And you might be the most, you know, incredible person ever. You feel that you're just, you don't know anything and you just, you know, you're not a piece of shit, but, you know, you're not worthy of stuff, but I find if I'm doing something and I'm learning stuff every day, well, that just kind of keeps that stuff at bay.
1: Yeah, well, like I've been there in those positions, you know, and, and it's hard to get out of bed when that happens, but even the smallest thing, you know, like just trying to, not necessarily learning, I suppose, yeah, yeah. but just even just going, right, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go for a walk. Yeah. And I'm going to go down and I'm going to cook breakfast or yeah, something, yeah, you know, something, yeah. and, you know, give yourself a pat on the back um, for that. Yeah, yeah It sounds yeah. stupid, yeah, yeah, but no, that's just yeah. the reality of it, you know. And it's, um,
0: it's only when people are, it's only when people are in that place. And look, I've... I, 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 I've had some days where I've had to call in sick from work, but very, very rarely I've kind of got up and I've got on with it. May not be as bad as other people who, like, I know people who physically or mentally just can't get out of bed. They stay in bed for a couple of days and stuff. But um, but doing something like, as you said, getting up and going for a walk or cooking some breakfast it sounds crazy for normal people, for people who don't suffer, but when you're in that hole, getting up and cooking breakfast seems like the hardest thing you could ever do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, not like I, I've been there. Not, there was one yeah. particular time where I remember it was like 2.16 probably, I, I was in a very, very, very dark place mm. and... Um, I don't know why. I think it ju- it just happened, but yeah. I t- there's you know it's fine that I don't know why, you know, yeah. it is what it, it is, hits, you know. Yeah. And um yeah, I had it, it took I I spent most of that a lot of that year in bed Really? when I was at home. Yeah, either we in bed or on or tour. And it was just weird, you know. But eventually I spoke Yeah, Yeah, like I, I you know, I spoke to one of my mates and he's like, "Look, you just kind of have to do it." That's all he said. And I was like, well, do what? You know, he's like, just do anything, yeah, you know, like, yeah. and I it. just started doing small things yeah. and then built on it and then ended up going to a therapist and, you know, uh CBT therapy helped and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Health working out. That's when I started working out. I, yeah. you know, I, w- I was never like over, overweight. Mm, but
0: you were underweight when you came to me. Yeah. But,
1: <laughs> but believe it or not. At the end of 2016, I weighed myself, or in the middle of it, I was 14 stone. And there was no, like, that was was just... No muscle. Yeah, that was just (laughs) out of weight. And for me, that was, like, because, you know, I'm, like, 12 and a
0: half. Yeah, you're always in around that, chair.
1: It's just from, like, being on tour, not eating right, and then just staying in bed the whole time when I was at home. It was a really dark year. But from a career point of view, it was one of the highlights. We we played to 38,000 people, Around one show in Marley Park, I
0: was you
1: know, biggest show, and that was that year. But then I go home for a couple of days and just lying back. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's really it's, bizarre. Yeah, but, but that's um, it's
0: look and and that that kind of shows the kind of person that you are. But it's like of being there that no matter what you have to show up and you've got to do it. But um, I think it's I think it's easier and it's a lot easier for me when I have these down days and these bad days that, number one, my girlfriend knows, and she knows not to, you know, give me too much fucking grief, not that you not that she gave me too much grief, Jen, I know you're going to listen to this, but she allows me to be on my own, you know, there's been a few days in the last couple of weeks where just, boom, it's kind of hit me, and I've had to go off on my own, and but it's easier for me, because I know that I'm not upstairs hiding that oh yeah, I'm fine, I'm just tired, the whole, oh, I'm just tired thing and blah, blah, blah. She knows or, you know, um, I can speak about her now. I have pl- plenty of bad days that I've had and I wouldn't have spoken about them on Instagram that day, but maybe two days later going, look, I've been a bit quiet on Instagram, I've had a bad couple of days. And as soon as I say that, you know, it makes things easier and it's just, and it's I keep driving things home about for people trying to talk to other people, friends, family, girlfriend, therapist. I spoke in the first or the second episode, I think about, you know, me going to my therapist and, you know, at the start, I was like, I, no one is ever going to know that I have a therapist. Nobody, because I'm going to be seen. That's the stigma. That's weak. Yeah, it's a stigma. Yeah. But now, thank God, there's more and more people saying like, you know, I think I said it before, if, if, if you had an injury, you'd go to see a physiotherapist. If you're sick, you would go to a doctor. Mm. If your brain is sick, you go to see a foot therapist. You know, it's, and like, it's great that I'm able to talk about it. It's great that someone like yourself is able to talk about it. So, you know, the idea of this is to try to get people to go, well, if those guys can come on air and if I can go onto my Instagram and speak to thousands of people every day and go, look, I feel like this, I was in your position because, I was someone who people came to for guidance, for inspirational, And that's why it was a big thing for me. That I hit it for so long. I was like, if I come out and say this now, all my clients will go, I'm not going to him yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I want to be helped. Not saying I, I, I used to help people. I used to help people physically back then, seven, eight, nine years ago, I wouldn't have been dealing with people as in trying, like trying to help their mental health. Cause back then it just, you, just wouldn't go there, but physically, I was helping them, and I was like, that they can't even have any England that I'm that, that I'm struggling, that I'm not as motivated as I am. But you know, it's uh, but it's you know, and that's and that's changed now because so many people who have suffered are coming out and saying, well, look, I've been there.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a really good time, you know, especially like. Over the past few years, it's changed for the better, you know. Yeah. A lot of people have come out and spoken about their issues, but it's it's typically an Irish thing as well, especially like a male Irish that's thing. It, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, what do you mean, you know, you'll be grand. You'll be grand or, or
0: get over it or snap out of it. Yeah, like
1: that's kind of, like I had my first panic attack when I was 19 and it came out of nowhere. And before that, as far as I was, I was concerned, everything was fine and everything was great. And then all of a sudden I was in town, got hit by this panic attack thought I was dying. There, Everybody has the same symptoms when they have a first panic attack because they don't know what it is and it does feel like a heart attack. But, yeah, I mean, my whole world changed.
0: You uh, um, you spoke on the Ray Darcy show that um, you didn't know exactly what a panic attack was and that after the panic attack that you would deal with it in your own head. And over time then you kind of realized that, That's not the answer. That we can never solve anything in our own head. It'll only become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And if you're anyway, like, you know, determined or motivated, you know, one of those people, like, I'm very competitive, you know, and, and, (laughs) like, I'd be telling myself, you know, like over the years, no, I'm grand. I got this. It'll be fine, yeah. you know. But I'll control it. Yeah. Never ever. If it, it's you, gotta go talk to somebody and don't be ashamed of it. You know, and there's always a way to feel better, and there's no point in living miserably. Yeah. Like yeah. and and trying to push through. You know, what's yeah. what's the point? Like, you know, that's um, again, when there's a way you can get better the, and, and yeah. you know, improve and get a better handle on it. You know,
0: and it's very, it's like, I don't. I'd say it's it's easy for me to say now. It it's not, but. You know, a big driver for again speaking about it is that I suffered in silence for years and years, and now I'm I can I can gladly use this platform and use all my social media platforms to tell my story. And that's why the biggest um factor for me coming out with everything in probably in my whole life that I could have in that story. Um, was that to let people know where I was coming from? Instead of getting people on, on the show and just going, "Tell me about your mental health. Tell me about this." I wanted to get my story across that it's like, look, I've buried it all. I've been there. That, for because f- people who are suffering in silence aren't as lucky as me or you because they're gone now. You know, they thought that there was no there was, and that's you know, um, I. That's a big thing for me. It's just scary to think how someone could think that that's the only way
1: out. Yeah, I mean, that just shows how, you know, it, how important it is to talk about it, you know. Yeah. And there are so many resources out there. There's so many charities, you know, and things online. Um.
0: You've done something, what was the crowd? Well, Walking My Shoes. To- Walking My Shoes, yeah. yeah they're yeah.
1: an incredible uh, charity and they have a lot of resources online. I mean... You know, you only have to go into their website and you'll, you know, there's yeah. a wealth of information there, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of, even there's, uh, there's an app as well called Wobot, which is really cool. Okay, um, I that one. But Wobot. there's, so, there's so, yeah, it's quite cool. It's a little robot. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah, there's so much stuff. Yeah. Better help is, a, I know yeah. you have to pay for it, but that's a therapy mm. thing, yeah. um, There's just so much stuff. The the most important thing is just don't be ashamed of it. Talk to a confide, talk to a friend, a family member, someone who you can trust and someone who you can confide in. And just, you'd be surprised. Yeah. People will turn around and say, well, yeah. You
0: know, yeah. Like it's after that podcast went down. Now I, I brought out a video a year and a half ago and, uh, as I said in the other that like I got hundreds and for me to get hundreds of messages like I would have had to have done something something important I got hundreds of messages from people that know friends that they're like oh my god I can't believe you've done that fair play if you can talk that other people can talk and other messages from other people saying my brother or my uh, my cousin he listened to your podcast or he listened to your video and he has since gone and God helps so that you know it it makes a huge, it, it makes a huge thing for me. It's not to get a pat on the back. It's to just get it out there, and you know, again, let people know it's it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, um, hundred yeah. percent. So just with like kind of dealing with like being in a global band, I like to say not international, global because you're big in Asia, Australia, India, all over, and um, like dealing with dealing with anxiety uh, and depression in your own head, you know, um, is there things that you do to deal with it? Like if you're going on tour or if you've a big gig coming up and, you know, you're feeling a bit anxious, is there things that you deal, or is there things that you do to deal with it?
1: Yeah. Well, there's quite a lot I do. I, like I, I'm a total introvert, you know, a hundred percent. It's just what I am. Yeah, and, absolutely. um, I need time alone to recharge. So when I'm on tour, I'll get into a routine of like taking time out to train and I'll use that training as my time alone and it really helps. And I'll listen to a podcast or something, you know. If I'm feeling particularly anxious, I'll try and take a step back. I'll make some notes in my iPhone, like kind of, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. It's kind of like, this is how I feel. Why do I feel that way? Like, what am I worried about? You know, trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. And then usually that helps a lot as well. Yeah. At the end, I'm usually like, geez, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm the same with the journal, Every, man. Everything's same with, fine. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I I usually only do that when I'm genuinely like a ball of anxiety or yeah. stress, you know. Um I'll meditate, although I, I don't do it enough. But it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I went to Cambodia before with my mate after a tour and we did a week yoga meditation me yeah. retreat. Yeah. And that was really cool, you know, like for the week. I felt amazing. We were doing it three times a day, getting up super early and all this. And, but I think I'm, I just didn't keep it up, yeah. you know, I just don't. like. But it is amazing. It does help. But you kind of have, it's like training. You know, like you can't just up, do one yeah. day and expect to be like meditation amazing, is amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like obviously
0: you being over there, it was easier because you are in the environment and you ah, were yeah. super chill. It was in nature as so well. Yeah, was, you were, you know, yeah. and like I'm sure it was easy enough to get into that get it get it get it into the headspace. But you know, it's hard then if you're busy all day and go, Okay, well, I'm gonna stop now and I'm gonna meditate. You know, your brain, it's the same as trying to, you know, go up to bed and go to sleep. If you've just been on the couch and be on the phone, or, or drank, like, drank a cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, and like your brain just doesn't go there. And <laughs> and it, it's practice. It's practice. It's practicing. I've started meditation so many times, and again, I've read the books, listened to the podcast, and and um, and we spoke about it before this that sometimes when you try to meditate your brain does need the opposite it's like what is wrong with you and like you know your brain is going against you nearly so it's you know uh, I know both of us um, are doing are currently doing and I think you said you said to me today Wim Hof well, I think I'm addicted to this and I was yeah. like yeah I do love
1: it I, I actually prefer it to meditation it, but I still yeah. do like my kind of routine um, is I'll work out and then I'll do the Wim Hof breathing and then I'll do a 10 minute meditation nice and most days I'll do that. And I'm like, since this whole lockdown, I've been consciously trying to do that consistently and it's, it's worked out really well, but I, I do prefer the Wim Hof to meditation. There's something about it, but like, again, you know, it's, it depends. It's everybody's different. You either love it or you hate it and different things work for different people, but that's what works for me. The Wim Hof breathing is awesome it after when i finish doing the the four rounds it's like any stress that was going on in my head or something i'm worried about constantly you know it's just still yeah it's gone you know and i it's it's awesome. That's what you're supposed to get from meditation, but obviously I'm just useless yeah. at meditation. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: But a lot of people are, and that's why I used to advise people to meditate. And I know ninety-nine percent of them probably started and said, oh, I'm not good at this. And it's the same as that, and you've got it.
1: I, I've started and stopped many, many times, but <laughs> like I still try and do it. You know, I use the calm you know, headspace yeah. and calm. I Calm's prefer good, calm yeah. now. There's yeah. some great sleep ones yeah. as well. They have one with Matthew McConaughey. Do they, yeah. Very random. He's talking about space, but nice. you know those boring. His voice is very yeah. It's yeah. Very, it's like a droll, you yeah, know? Yeah. like um and yeah, it sends you off to sleep. But that's the whole idea. But calm is good. That's what I try and use. But yeah, it's yeah. it's tough. I mean, I've been trying meditation on and off for like eight nine years I'm or really something like yeah, that. A I long time. Yet, yeah. so. But I'm doing it more than I ever have. But still, I don't do it consistently.
0: But the Wim Hof is, I do it, I try to do it in the morning, but I, I do it in the evening time um, to switch off and go to sleep. And for me, it's helped my sleep incredible. I came in a few weeks ago, uh, and I'd done, I, I normally do maybe two or three rounds. I don't think I've ever done the four rounds, actually. I've done three, and I came in, and the other way he says you Get high in your own supply, like, yeah. Uh, that that sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger, not Wim Hof. Oh, no, it's <laughs> close <laughs> enough. <laughs> he's from Denmark, and the other guy's from Switzerland. <laughs> um, but uh, or he's from Austria. He's, he's, is, he is he Dutch? He's Danish. Dan- I think he's Danish, isn't he? Is he Danish or Dutch? It's a good I'll question. Like there. Um, anyway, he is uh, he is very. I've need- l- I've
1: actually listened to a lot of his. He's done a lot of guest appearances on a lot of podcasts. Mm. You like listened to each- one on
0: Joe Rogan. Uh,
1: yeah, I did, I- yeah, I've listened yeah. to it twice. It's he's it's that he's, good. he's got this huge, larger-than-life personality. Yeah, his you know? voice,
0: though, as well. I've I signed up to the thirty-day challenge. I'm on with the cold
1: water as well. Yeah. Now
0: I haven't done. I haven't done thirty days on the trot for a couple of reasons. Had some drinks at the weekend. The following day, I wouldn't do it. Um, it was one or two days following a couple of drinks at the weekend, Monday or Tuesday, where I was was all over the place. And even though I knew going up to the bedroom to do that, he's Dutch. You're right. He is Dutch. He's Dutch, uh, Dutch, Dutch.
1: I only know that because my one of my best mates is his fiance. Um, one of your best mates, fiance, is Dutch. Oh, and I thought I, I, I
0: thought your best mate thing was. was, was Was Wim Wim Hof? So I was like, "No wonder you're doing it." (laughs) No, no, guys, Ah, no. Okay. She's Dutch, and 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 I was talking
1: about the Wim Hof breathing, and she goes, "Oh, Wim Hof, yeah, amazing." He's Dutch,
0: so yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's yeah. I was saying that I like, even though I knew going up and doing this for a couple minutes, I still couldn't get my head around. I was like, "No, I'm just gonna sit here and, (laughs) you know, look at my phone or be on TV or whatever." But um. Yeah, the, the, it's the only thing that sends me from being a ball of emotion or a ball of anxiety into just being chill. Like, I came into McGurvin there a few nights ago. Sorry, a few weeks ago, and it was, uh, I'd done three rounds of it. And I was kind of walking in going, whoa, I feel, like, <laughs> mellow to bits. <laughs> and I came in, she was like, oh, my God, you look stoned. My eyes were like that, and I was like, I feel stoned. I'm getting into bed. Now, shh. Don't talk. And I got into <laughs> bed and, do you know where, like, you've got a position that you go to sleep and, like I'm always lying on my back and then as, yeah, as yeah. soon as I know I'm going to go to sleep, I roll over on my left-hand side. I wasn't even in the bed. I rolled over onto my left-hand side. Just go on. And woke up. And for me, sleep is an issue sometimes and I woke up the next morning. That was about half ten at night. I woke up the next morning, half seven, going, wow, that was yeah. incredible. Now, it doesn't work every single night. Like, you know, I can do it for three rounds and I still mightn't... Still, mightn't sleep. There could be something going on, or but, um, it does. It's like that feeling, and I think we've spoke about it. That feeling after you take that fifteen-second breath in and just let that out. You're just lying there, going, Wow. You
1: know, it's quite strange as well. Like I have a singing coach, and yeah. uh, I got one recently because I started to <laughs> slacking <really, are> her. <laughs> really, but, but no, it's important. Like yeah. singing is actually when you're singing for an hour and a half. You know, sometimes more every single night, night on night, mm. and you're belting out the top of your lungs. Yeah. It's a muscle. So yeah. if you, like... you've got to strengthen yeah, it. Yeah, really. and if you're doing it wrong, you can strain it. Damaging yeah. You know, so it's the same thing. And so many people lose their voice and end up going to surgery. So for the last year, I've had this uh, coach. But she gets me... She was getting me to do, at the start of every uh, vocal lesson, to do Wim Hof breathing. Mm. Uh, not holding the breath, but, the, you know, the... <sighs> yeah, yeah. The in and out thing, and I was doing that all the time, and I never realised it. And then I started doing Wim Hof, and it's like similar it's mad, to that. Yeah, and yeah. Then she's like, "Yeah, that's it's comes from Wim Hof because singing is all about your, your diaphragm, diaphragm, your and breathing, That's just you know? yeah, that's because um, I
0: started, I started listening to him. The uh the course that I went to for my stammer like twenty odd years ago was not about trying to how to teach you to talk properly it was about that people had a problem with the the diaphragmatic breathing and they used to get it it was like something out of like it was like something out out of a madhouse you would get a belt they would they would ask you to bring like a belt
1: I do that in the singing and you would get it
0: and you would tie it around just under yeah Yeah. so you would know because the belt would get tight if you're actually breathing breathing right to your diaphragm. And we did that for... like That's what we did for four days. You couldn't take it off for four days. And you were literally... For four days? Four days. This course was four days and you could speak to no when you're in like a hotel and it was... I don't want to say it was crazy. It was mad, but it was it was amazing. But you had... You, now, sorry, you could take it off... You could take it off when you used to go to bed at night time, but you would do this course from 7 or 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and then you could oh. go to your bedroom, but they they, they, had to ask the hotel to unplug TVs. You couldn't you couldn't listen to the TV. You couldn't use your phone. Back then, we probably didn't even have phones. We couldn't call home. Couldn't get like a newspaper. You couldn't be in contact or listen to people who are talking, you know, but hmm. well, normally, because every time you had to talk, you had to be... <sighs> so you were doing this diaphragmic breathing. So now, and then that becomes... You know like, that becomes like instinctive, so you well, don't so have to think re- about that. Yet. Yeah, but uh, as soon as I start doing this, it just brought back these memories. I was like, "Oh fuck!" The-. It was yeah, it, it it was crazy to remember f- from that. But um, yeah. yeah, there was that. So the diaphragmatic breathing, obviously, because the problem with, the problem with someone who has like a real like there was me years ago. There was no air going of your vocal cords. So you'd be like, and you couldn't actually talk. So, but then if you were to get air coming through, well then like you could get people like, I was bad, but there was people in there worse than me that like it took like 10 minutes to say their name. Like, I mean, 10 minutes, not like, and they couldn't. And then, you know,
1: it's really strange. Like when I first started training with you, Mm. I didn't even notice Mm. at all. But like, and I still don't really notice, so like, yeah. occasionally, occasionally, you know, sometimes. but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, like, yeah, no, listening to your story was, uh, was pretty amazing. Yeah, like, that was, you know.
0: yeah, that was, well, that I went and did that course, um, when I was 17, so it was, like, 20, 20 years ago, 21 years ago, wow. um, but, yeah, I seen people, like, come in, like, I was bad enough, um, again, the same as now, I could be sitting here speaking to you and it's fine, obviously the odd little blip here and there. If I was to go into a a completely different environment and I didn't prepare, like the same as you going to sing a song, if you didn't warm up or prepare, mm. it might not be as good. If, if I'm going into a situation, I have to prepare physically and mentally. So I would do a good few of them diaphragmatic breathing because I know if I do get stuck, I've got this as, like, a backup tool,
1: you know? Yeah. Um, Dude, it sounds so similar. I know it's entirely different, Mm -hmm. but to social anxiety. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, big social gatherings and all that, and new people. And uh, as a teenager, I was incredibly shy. Yeah. And, like, even occasionally I'll still get moments of just like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I have to kind of take a step back, reassure myself, and just calm myself yeah, down. Yeah, that it's not going to be Yeah, and then go and do it, you know. but um, And there are points, obviously there are two different things, but with social anxiety, you can freeze up. And, like, you might want to talk, yeah. but you're just...
0: You're just, yeah, you've got that ball. Yeah, you know, in your yeah, you know yeah, it,
1: yeah. it used to happen to me a lot, but it doesn't happen to me as much mm. now, but... I can see the kind of similarities there, and I can kind of relate yeah, yeah, in a very strange yeah, way. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> if you I, compare I think, the yeah. two, you know, I've never had a stammer, yeah, but yeah. um
0: But there's people who like, I would have had that much anxiety for years, and I, I don't do it as much now. But I would have like cancelled so many things and have had every excuse in the book. I was sick, couldn't go, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Family gatherings, friends, um, like so many. So uh, there was actually. When you played Malahide Castle, was it two years ago?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. those years have gone. And fast. then
0: I was meant to go to Liam Gallagher it was the following week. And now I'd seen you guys loads of times. But Liam Gallagher... You just I, didn't want to go to us. like, they're <laughs> terrible. I, no, I I've, but was at Colham on, on the Saturday. Had a big night out. And all the lads um, were going to Liam Gallagher the following Friday, I think. And after being out on the Saturday, big weekend, all week I was just, I was like, I can't go there. I cannot go back there. And all the lads are like, come on. you And like all the lads were like, you're not going to Liam Gallagher. And I had to lie that I was sick. I said, oh, no, I'm, I've been literally getting, and I kind of left it till the day. And I was like, oh, I've been getting sick all day. I'm absolutely raging. But I had got such anxiety about going back. And with the crowds as well, because coming out, I would be great on crowds coming out of the gig. It was like sausages, like you couldn't actually, you couldn't. I don't know why I said sausages there. Sardines, well, yeah, packed, yeah, packed sardines, <laughs> is the same yeah. sausages. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I built it up so much in my head, and I and on. But the cancel, yeah. But yeah, the I like got like and other situations would have been the whole social anxiety of like, okay, people are going to actually. Ask me my name. They're gonna fucking talk to me, and I'm gonna be like, "Stop!" You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, it's, it's overthinking. Yeah, uh, it is. Well, but that's uh, anxiety. As yeah, well, that yeah. is. Uh, that is the joys of anxiety. So, um, so your exercise, um, doing the Wim Hof breathing, anything else that you kind of you're a fan of to control um, things?
1: If if things get particularly bad, I'll try and up my diet to just like. You know my, my diet's all diet. over the place from training, but um, <laughs> I probably don't eat enough, but I'll try and just get rid of any junk, yeah, you know, yeah. for a while, you know, and just try and eat as clean as I can. That's when it's like, if it gets really bad, I'll just, you know, mm. try and do a complete U-turn, go super healthy. And that's, like that's good. Something.
0: That's easier said but, than done. I find, and I know I should be the opposite, but I find if I'm down, I would secretly eat and... Eat shit just to like comfort eating. comforting just yeah. just to literally escape. And I found a few few weeks ago there was a day and I was eating like a packet of biscuits or something and they were amazing. But for that probably forty seconds that took me to eat the packet of the biscuits, I was away from my thoughts. I was just thinking how nice because the food was giving me this pleasure, yeah. and I was like, this is how nice this food is. And I wasn't dealing with my own fucking head for. It as I said, for 40 seconds. And it's, man, like, I know a lot of people who comfort eat and who are big because of it. And it's, it's not because they're hungry all the time, it's because they literally want the bit of escapism from the couple of minutes of the fucking Big Mac or, you yeah. know, whatever it is, that the pleasure of feeling that they get from the food takes them out of the horrible place that they're in. And that's why people, you know, eat all the time because, you know, eat... Bad food all the time because they're trying to get out of that. So, you know, you're good in that you're, you try to take that away. Yeah, well,
1: it helps a lot. Yeah, you can get get caught in cycles like in the past, like particularly on tour, early tours, just eating absolute junk. And when the more junk you eat, the more you crave junk. Yeah. And then the weird thing is, when you get rid of it, you don't crave it. You know, like when you switch to healthy and you feel better and your body craves healthy food, you know, that's It's like the.
0: It's like the sugar train. I always say to clients, look, I know it's probably hard for you to think about stopping eating so much sugar because if you have sugar early on in the day, your body's going to crave it again and craves again. So you're constantly on that sugar train. So as long as it takes to come off and then few days, I've, like, not saying I've been addicted to sugar, far from it, but as you just said, that you get into that little routine of every few days, every day having sugary foods and it's hard to stop. And I have some clients who have been doing that for years. And for them coming off sugar is like coming off drugs, like headaches, withdrawals and like, but as soon as it's out of your system, you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't actually want any sugar. You know what I mean? And I found that a few weeks ago, if I was having sugary foods during the day at night time, I'd, Crave more, and then the following morning, I'll be like, "Oh, I'd like some of that more." But it's, and it takes time to, to stop it. But yeah, so eating good food and eating, eating else.
1: good food. Like to be honest, the thing that really, really helped me massively was when I just started working out like pro- properly. Like I mean,
0: you were still a good trainer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Cheeky (laughs) Um, No I just started kind of working out And really getting into it And trying to look after myself And like to the point where We could be flying across You know to Across the world You know Different time zone Mm. And the first thing i do As opposed to going to bed Was go and do a quick workout Whether it be a light workout Just to kind of relieve jet lag And stuff like that And It just Like As much as I didn't want to do it 100% after it if you, if you, I yeah. always feel better and I noticed that I felt yeah. better, you know. And then I also noticed that I was doing... The more I did it, the more I could do, you know. And, like, you're just constantly challenging yourself don't to nah, do more yeah, stuff, you like, know. I,
0: I've, I, I've said it loads of times that the stuff that I do every day to protect my mental health and feel good, and sometimes you don't want to do it. There's some stuff that, you know, even though you know how good you're going to feel after you're just like, oh. But the more times you do that it just becomes a good habit and it doesn't become like a chore,
1: you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's, yeah,
0: uh, exercises, exercise for me and obviously for yourself is the biggest thing. And when you're not feeling great, it is probably good. The hardest thing, as you said, even getting out of bed is hard, but the hardest thing is always probably going to be the best thing to do and to get out there and to exercise, go for a walk or go for a jog or go for a swim, anything will make a huge, huge difference Different.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know it's it's almost like a cliche, you know, like yeah. healthy eating, workouts, you know, meditate, yeah. which everybody yeah, says yeah. nowadays, you know, yeah. but it's 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 true, yeah. like, yeah. you know, I mean it's it, it well, it, it works for me, yeah. the fitness, you know, and um, I think it's scientifically proven that it does work, you know. Oh, one million percent. Well but yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, for me that's what works. If there are times where I'm absolutely like just in a incredibly dark place mm. touch wood it hasn't happened in quite a while Um, I will just go to a therapist go to my therapist yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. I haven't been in quite a while but it is as you said earlier it's as important as going to the gym it's just like a check in
0: exactly you know? yeah and like you don't need to like obviously I haven't seen mine since this but she's actually rang me She rang me three or four times actually, probably every two weeks but before that I was going every two weeks then she said look you know call me if you need to come any you know every week, then it was every three weeks, you know, so it's not saying that you need to go to see someone every single day or every single week. It could be, Mm -hmm. as I said, it could be every four weeks or so. We spoke on Dahi's podcast last week about preventative maintenance for your body. So literally going to a physical therapist to get your body in check, you know, Mm -hmm. to that so that you're giving yourself the best option of not getting injured we spoke to Bone Lacey about doing things that are gonna keep you fit keep you healthy you know rather than you know going oh shit I'm sick now I've gotta go to the GP the same as going to see someone every month just to speak about things and go okay right I feel great now I'll be fine for a couple of weeks instead of only going to them if you're if you're in that dark place yeah
1: yeah yeah no that's that's a very good point yeah But like, I suppose people who have just kind of fallen into dark places and they may have never seen a therapist before, you know, it's, it's probably, it's the right thing to do to go to one straight away, you know, but, but yeah, after that, you know, check-ins every so often are are very good, you know.
0: Yeah, unreal. Okay, that is some juicy information and juicy, uh juicy talking talking there um, I'm just po- rambling on no, I apologise no 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 it's, no, it's, <laughs> it's good um, some questions so I put up on Instagram and some of my followers and some of my listeners and some questions that I have actually that I've probably never asked you uh, the first one I, I ask e- e- everyone all oh, my guests if you're stuck in lockdown with one famous person who would it be? Wow do you want a couple of minutes to think about it? I, ha- I have some more questions yeah move on to, okay. move on to the next one what's your favourite gig you've done? favorite gig I've done.
1: you know like I would probably say Marty Park because it was our biggest gig like 38 thousand people sold Mental. out you know Mental. and it was it was incredible but yeah I mean every every yeah, gig yeah, it's no, yeah. like it's only last year, the Asian tour we did—the whole tour was mind-blowing because we didn't expect anything. In Asia, went yeah. over and all of a sudden, there's fans in the airport. We're being chased, you know, in cars leaving venues, and, and it was just bizarre. Yeah. But there were ama- amazing crowds every single night, yeah. and you know, it's great. Very passionate. So, but yeah, well, Mar- nice Marley play Park because it's Dublin home. and it's our biggest show it's your we've home, ever played. Yeah. So.
0: um, what's your favorite song you wrote?
1: That's a really tough Too question. Hard. Again, again, it's like it changes every single, uh, um, every gig, really you know, yeah. and every, like, I, I always say to myself that you're, you're only as good as your last song, mm-hmm. you know, it keeps me kind of moving forward and trying to keep writing, you know, but um, I probably, yeah. if I had to choose one, yeah. I would choose High Hopes because yeah. that was the first song. I think that song got us record deals and all that stuff. And okay. that was kind of the start of everything. So
0: That hits home. Um, if you could write a song for anyone, who would it be? <laughs> wow. A <laughs> couple of tricky ones in there.
1: Wow. I would say... Anybody ever.
0: Well, yeah. Anybody, anybody
1: your... ever. I mean...
0: John Lennon, no? it,
1: it's something that I haven't actually really done. Yeah, like um, myself and Mark wrote a song for Callum Scott, oh, yeah. it, it's on his album, which is which was cool, but I haven't properly gotten into that. I did mm. some like like Kygo, and, yeah, that was a... and Sagala is another another DJ, but um,
0: what was the story with Kygo? Did, how, how did that kind of come avail?
1: Well it it kinda just happened through um through our through our publisher, but he was a fan. He wow. actually loved our he loved our music. You know, when I ended up doing like in promos with him around Europe and stuff, he was like playing some of our songs and piano and stuff. Class. You know? He's a he's a genius man, like of a producer yeah, and yeah. just a really lovely guy. What was song. the
0: um do you remember you me the story about I forget the gig that he was playing at? And we uh, got in contact with you and asked you to come and play the gig live with
1: Hollywood, uh, oh, what, in, in Coachella.
0: Coachella, but you yeah. were in hospital with a... And he a,
1: had, I think so, he had Jamie Foxx on stage with him oh. and all. It was like ridiculous. I, I had sciatica. Yeah. Yeah, which was a disaster. Um, and you are in I, hospital, I, weren't you? you, you I had to get surgery, yeah. operation I tried right, everything. Yeah. I tried yoga. I tried, um, you know, stretching. I went to Dahi a lot and it yeah. he helped a lot. Big time, and, yeah. And it just, nothing really worked. And then I was doing a gig in Dubai and I I couldn't walk through the airport and I was like, I have to do something. So I ended up in like a doctor's over there and Mm. all that. And then he's like, look, you need surgery because nothing's working and you've had it for like two years. And, uh, I decided to get surgery and then I had got surgery and he was like, do you want to come to Coachella? You know? And I'm like, I'm in
0: hospital. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> oh, so I, I remember when you go. told me that, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I think we were talking about Coachella. It, I think it had been on, and I was watching. I was like, that looks insane. And then you're like, oh, I could have played with That I'm like, oh.
1: Yeah. Shit. <laughs> but in terms of actually writing, to go back to your question, yeah. like writing a song for someone, I don't really know. Like, I mean, right now, mm. Billie Eilish is pretty cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, like, okay. I think she's absolutely amazing. It'd be great to be awesome to get into a room with her. Billie Eilish,
0: if you're listening to this, contact me, I'll hook you up.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could actually add in too, because yeah. she's so good. Yeah, yeah you know, So dead, it's yeah. kind of like, even to just be in a room or be there would be, mm. would be pretty cool.
0: Okay. Um. You still have I still f- didn't you answer s- the first, still the first I still have another three or four, so you've got another probably the first two minutes.
1: If I could spend the whole lockdown...
0: With someone famous, other than someone your girlfriend, famous. obviously.
1: Well, I better not say a girl or a <laughs> woman, because... <laughs> well, uh, Billie Eilish. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right, loads of sound. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone famous. It could be anybody. It probably, be probably
1: look, I'm a huge... Actually... Wim Hoff. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Why not? That'd be some lockdown. Yeah. How chilled out would you be? I mean, after a few days I'd probably be like, Here, look, enough with this. <laughs> Get right? out your Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned enough. I know the breed and I know. I the know culture. how to breed, yeah. yeah. Um or, dragging you into the cold hour. Or springs. Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen only because I'm an absolute huge Bruce fan a legend, So Yeah.
0: Man, he's a legend. Okay, you will you've answered it and that's right. two I think that'll be a serious lockdown, both of them. Bruce Springsteen during the day to play music and write music and then (laughs) chill out with Wim Hof in the evening. Deadly. Um, What was it like to play in front of 80,000 people in Crow Park at the Ed Sheeran gig?
1: That was surreal. Mental. It was was crazy. It was crazy. I remember being backstage and going through the songs. Glenn Hansford was there as well. And we didn't know that our bass player, Jay, was going to propose as well. The second night, I think it was, we did the two nights. Yeah. And we were running through it and Ed was like, Oh yeah, so we'll do the first song, which was was it right oh, I should really know what it was. Uh, the L Triangle. We yes. did but, yeah. And then he was like, We do the first song and then we'll break and then we'll do the proposal and then we'll do the next song and me and Mark and Vin were like, Wait, what? Wait, hold on, what proposal? You know, yeah. and Jay kept it a secret. Obviously he didn't want us to let it slip. But uh that whole thing was surreal. And I remember Ed turning around and going, I've never heard a crowd sing like that. Sing yeah. that loud. Wow. And we played All I Want. And yeah, it was, it was really bizarre. Bad. Like, we had hear, heard crowds singing, you know, but, like, Crow Park, you know, it's obviously one of our dreams to play Crow Park, you know, that would be I'm
0: sure that Epic. Absolutely, you know? Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. But,
1: like, um, yeah, that was yeah, just still it, yeah, a massive it was, highlight. Massive
0: highlight. Um, Oasis or Blur? I, say Blur and you're getting a boot out this door <laughs> I love
1: both I love Damon Sitting Alburn and I love fence. I love the gorillas you know yeah. and the fact he's an incredibly talented guy I love Tender it's one of my favourite songs from Blur Tender is the night oh yeah, yeah. like yes. it's real gospel-y but yeah. Oasis probably are more consistent Noel Gallagher as a songwriter and the yeah. songs that he has they're just like don't look yeah. back in anger Some I mean you, it's just hit after hit and big song after yeah. big song so Oasis, but I do love both.
0: <laughs> get off that fence! <laughs> get off that fence! Um, well, do you? What do you do if you get nervous before a big gig? Uh,
1: now I, I used I used to breathe, you know, um, stretch. I stretch really, before yeah. every gig. Okay. Yeah, um, we all do actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and
0: yeah, Vinny. Uh, Vinny is extremely unflexible. Yeah. No, he just you know <laughs> <just laughs> waves his arms in the air. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> I, I'll I'll take a step aside, you know, myself, and I'll just kind of like breathe and try and calm myself down a little bit. That's and stretch. That's okay. what I do. But um, usually, like to prevent getting too nervous before a gig, I'll have during the day I'll, I'll have worked out I'll have you know done all this stuff all so by the time it prep. gets to it I'm like I'm ready for it and I'll have warmed up my voice as well yeah.
0: so. so it's yeah, you're going in prepared preparation <laughs> Um, the last, the last one I don't know even if, if you're going to be able to uh, answer this this came in on Instagram what's your biggest achievement to date
1: that's a difficult question mm.
0: Four albums. Four albums, <laughs> probably. Yeah, one. I mean, well, four could, album next
1: week. releasing our fourth album is, is a big one for us, you know. So
0: and that's out next Friday. Let's plug this, man. It's it's out <laughs> next
1: Friday, yeah, which is kind of mad it's during these very strange. So three
0: songs. there's been three singles released. How many other songs are on it?
1: There? Um, there's only ten songs. Okay. So yeah, we're probably gonna release another song, and then right now it's not avail- available for physical copy because when when we finished the album and when we were picking a release date the co- the whole coronavirus mm. happened and the lockdown happened and we couldn't actually get physical copies made because no way. The, the, yeah, the, the the places, the places that the made, them made them were, them were, were closed <laughs> so, Wow, so there's none so, still yet no so All we're we're going to do a physical release at the end of the year or when things get back to some quarter, some kind of new hopefully normal still, but but, still. but yeah that probably moving into a fourth album is is pretty awesome.
0: So available and it's available to download on Spotify. Yeah, it'll be on
1: all, all streaming platforms and all.
0: Where else does it It comes out on Spotify? Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah. Apple Music, uh, Deezer,
1: that. is another one it's big in France. Yeah, and I'm then it. there's a Chinese one as well, I'm not really sure.
0: And it comes out on the same day over there.
1: Yeah, it's every it'll be out everywhere on the same day, yes.
0: On Friday, it's Friday the 12th. Yeah. Wow, okay. Um thank you Yeah, no that worries. has been amazing um, when I started the podcast I was like you are definitely going to be on it uh, yeah, and yeah. your story is is remarkable and uh, inspiring uh, I say that about a couple of guests but that's why I get people on for to have a story um, to tell their story um, and uh, yours is pretty amazing so uh, thank you for coming on
1: nah, cheers man pleasure okay. for being Thanks for, I I forgot how to talk there. (laughs) Well, we've been talking for a while, so that's it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, dude. Appreciate it.
0: Cheers. Thanks, Steve. Cheers. So that was episode six, guys, with Steve Garrigan from CodeLine. I really enjoyed speaking to Steve today. I would chat to Steve on a daily basis in training, but that conversation was on a different level. Hope you enjoyed it as much as me, guys. If you want to reach out to me, you can get me on Instagram at DrewHennesseyPT, Facebook at Drew or Lifestyle Health and Fitness on Instagram and Facebook, or drewhennessy.com. Guys, stay safe, stay healthy. Chat soon.